You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sal Capaccio, WGR Sports Radio 550. Matt Bove, Channel 7, WKBW, WTV Sports Director in Buffalo. All right, Matt. So, you know, we're going to be kind of trying to divide our time as much as we can. That's always a very tough job for me. Do I want to watch the offense today? Do I watch the defense today? If you try to watch everything, you see nothing, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. I've learned I have to kind of focus in. And you asked me, hey, who are some players that you're going to focus on a little bit more? Um, let's let's talk about that in the pot. So I thought it was a great idea. So let's do that. Um, I guess I'll let you start. Maybe then I'll go with a couple or something like that. But why don't you tell us somebody that you're going to be watching on we'll take three each uh, uh throughout training camp pretty closely the first person that came to mind for me was actually not somebody who i think i would have immediately jumped to but it also has stemmed from a conversation i had earlier in the day with a buddy of mine who i play fantasy football with and he was asking me about james cook and what i thought about james cook and his involvement this year but that's not the person i'm saying for the podcast the person Ooh. i'm saying is damian harris because right. i don't think it's crazy that Damian Harris is the, quote, starting running back on this team this upcoming season. I like Damian Harris as a player. I think that he could kind of be a bell cow running back. Now, bell cow in terms of what the Bills are looking for in a running back, not somebody who's going to go get 20 carries a game. I almost feel like, maybe I'm wrong, Damian Harris replaces Devin Singletary's workload and James Cook workload stays similar to what it was last year, but with just a little bit more involvement in the passing game. I could be wrong. Damian Harris has also been a player who's got health concerns. He has not been healthy the last couple of years, and that's one of the reasons why it didn't ultimately pan out in New England. But if he is healthy, I see a world where Damian Harris could be getting 11, 12 carries a game and James Cook could be getting six or seven carries a game. Going back to the fantasy thing, I almost don't think I want to touch either of them because there's so much unknown there of who is going to be the starter, who isn't going to be the starter. Maybe if it's later in a draft, you take a flyer on somebody just because you like the value there. Running backs are also a tough position to gauge during training camp. Because the quarterback turns around, they hands up the running back, the running back hits the hole, they run for five or six yards, a couple guys wrap them up, and then they don't tackle them, and it looks like everybody is going to be Barry Sanders. So it's a little bit tough to gauge during specifically practice, but in the preseason, when you get those live reps, I think they're all going to be active in the preseason, and I think there's a world where Josh Allen could be turning around and handing to Damian Harris more than he does to James Cook. Yeah, um, I think you're kind of crazy about Damian Harris being the number one running back, but Maybe I am because you're not the first person I've heard say that. I've heard other people in the media who believe that Damian Harris could wind up, you know, winning that number one job. I don't think so. I will say I'm not, I don't think he's, oh my God, there's this James Cook and then this huge gap. Mm -hmm. I think to me, it's kind of clear that James Cook is going to be the number one running back and that Damian Harris is going to be his backup and he's going to get some opportunity though to carry the ball. I see it basically like last year. I think like this year, James Cook and 
Damian Harris are what Devin and James Cook were last year, Devin Singletary. So we'll see where it goes, though. I, I like that one because you're not the first person to say that. And I don't want to sound like I'm downing Damian Harris. To me, it's more about pumping up James Cook because I think that you know, he has a really, really big role on this team this year. But I'm going to stay on the offensive side for my first guy. The guy that I'm interested in watching is also a newcomer. I'm really intrigued about Deontay Hardy and how they can use him in different mm -hmm. roles on the field. I'm also intrigued and I'm going to watch him because there's actually someone on the roster smaller than me. He's 5'6", 170, Matt. All right. And this is a mm -hmm. small guy with a lot of speed. He was hurt last year in New Orleans. He missed all but four games. But every time someone talks about Deontay Hardy and when he was on the field playing, they all say how efficient he was, how good he was, and what he can do to help an offense. And that's what the Bills need. They need efficiency. They need easy buttons. They got to get back a little bit to what they were a couple of years ago when they had Cole Beasley in the slot and controlling the middle of the field. I think Deontay Hardy screams he could very well be that slot receiver. We talked about that the last time on this uh, podcast. But I think Deontay Hardy is going to be a really interesting player because of the all the different ways they can use him. In fact, I would say they've been searching. Remember, Isaiah McKenzie was kind of the gadget guy. Naeem Hines comes in last year. People thought he'd be the gadget guy, really kind of wasn't. He was the return man. Deontay Hardy can return um, punts and kicks, but I think now you have it all rolled into one. Now I think you have a guy that, hey, we can kind of do a little bit of all, everything with this guy, line him up all different spots, even in the backfield if we want. We could do that. And um, I think it's going to be interesting to watch Deontay Hardy this year. Quick sidebar with Deontay Hardy. Who is the Bills' primary kick returner and punt returner this year? Naheem is it Hines. still Naheem Hines, not Deontay Hardy, even though he was a pro bowler like a couple of years ago as a returner? From the way I interpret things, it's going to be Naeem Hines. I think Deontay Hardy was signed to be a wide receiver, but with the ability to return punts and kicks if they need them. And the reason why they even tweaked Hines' contract to stay was because they want to make sure that they have a legitimate punt and kick returner so they don't have to have him worry about the other things and vice versa. Okay, I'm not arguing any of that. I just yep. it's interesting that Deontay Hardy, you bring up his pro football reference page and you're looking at all of the stuff and it's like, "Oh, in 2019 he was a pro bowler and it yep. was not for his, you know, ability as a wide receiver. It was for all of the return stuff." Okay. So we had two people on offense. Do you have another offense cuz my next two are defense. So if you Ooh. have another offense, then you can I go next. next defense as well, so I do not have another offense guy. Okay, well, look at us getting into the trenches, going to the defensive side of the ball. My second player, and I think this is a very, very important piece for the Bills moving forward, is Kyir Elam. Just yes. because Kyir Elam needs to win this job as cornerback, too. He was a first-round pick last year. I thought when he played last year, he did fine. I really did not see him lost. I did not see him struggle on the field. I thought he made a couple nice plays, but it never felt like he was able to completely take over the reins of that job. He was always in some sort of rotation when he was on the field. Now you have Tredavious White, who's healthy. He is going to be your cornerback one, but who's going to be cornerback two? And if it's not Kyrie Elam for most of the snaps, I think that's a bit concerning both for him as the player and for the bills, because they just used a really big asset on drafting him. I think going into the season, it will be him. It'll be Kyrie Elam and Tredavious white, but I know we've had the conversation. Yep. You're leaning towards Dane Jackson. This is not meant to be a knock on Dane Jackson. It will be a big disappointment for the bills. If yep. it's not Kyrie Elam. 100% agree. I want, I would like to see Kyrie Elam win it. And that's not because I don't like Dane Jackson, but when you do spend that asset, you want to see that come to fruition and I'll leave room for sure for Elam to win it. And even for Christian Benford to win it. 
I do think going back to our previous conversation a few pods ago with Jenna Cottrell, when we had her on when we, when she came on as well, we all had a different player. And I said, I think that this is basically like, it's, Hey, you got to catch up to Dane Jackson. We'll see where that goes. I like your guy there a lot. Kyrie Lim. He's one to watch. All right. My next guy, a newcomer, a late newcomer, Leonard Floyd is on the Buffalo bills. Did we forget this? Because I want people to remember Leonard Floyd's on the Buffalo bills because you might've forgotten. They signed Leonard Floyd because it happened literally the day the bills or the morning of, I believe the bills opened the, put uh, shovels in the ground for the new stadium. I think that's when they did it that day. Yeah, they and, did. Yeah. That wasn't a, you know, it was the, the, the news of the day was the stadium, but they also signed Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd has been very, very good in his NFL career. The last few years. Now his career didn't start great. Um, he was kind of miscast in Chicago. They were playing him out of position, but that's not the case anymore. He goes to the Rams. All right. Let me read you Leonard Floyd's statistics over the last three years. Um, he signed with the Rams and let me just pull up his page here. Signs with the Rams in 2020, last three years, 10 and a half, nine and a half, nine sacks. All right. Here's a guy that's had what, 28, 29 sacks, whatever, the last three seasons. I believe, Matt, that's like top five in the league over that time period. This is not just some short term rental, be ready insurance until Von Miller gets healthy. Sure, he'll be used like that and be counted on that way, I should say. This is a guy, I think, that's actually going to play the, you know, even when Von Miller comes back to form a really good duo on the outside. In the meantime, hey, until Von's ready, you got a guy that's put up 28, 29 sacks over the last three years playing opposite Greg Russo. Yeah, I think that they have done a nice job addressing that position the last couple of years after a couple of years where the moves that they made really did not lead to on-field success. They spent a big-time asset on A.J. Epinesa, and I don't know if anybody would say, I think A.J. Epinesa is a nice player, but not has lived up to the second-round draft pick, the first pick in that draft, because that was the year they traded away their first-round pick for Stefan Diggs. The same thing can be said for Boogie Basham the next year. Those guys have just not carved out continuous starting roles on this team, and that's why I think both of those players are kind of guys to watch going into this season. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they're on the 53-man roster. I think Epinesa has a better chance. I, I will be surprised if AJ Epinesa does not make the 53-man roster. I don't think I can say the same about Boogie Basham, just with the other players that they have at that position. Wouldn't you also put them, if we, if you and I were to, maybe we could do this one time, but if we were to make a list of, I guess, trade bait, for lack of a better term, guys that you wouldn't be surprised that the Bills said, hey, you know, we just can't see him fitting here, but we'd like to, we can get an asset for him. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you put both those guys in that list? Yes, I would. And I think because they were both second round picks, I think it would probably be realistic to hope you could get back a fourth or a fifth. And you would probably take that, especially if there's not a track for them to ultimately make the team. You're going to take whatever you can at that point. But don't the Bills already have 10 picks or something? I'm not saying they wouldn't do that, but they already have 10 picks, right? They have nine, and they'll be expected to get a 10th with compensatory selections next year. That's correct. It's going to be a long couple of days in that media room, but whatever. That's beside the point. So, yeah. No I Brandon do- Bean. He would he would trade one for 2025, maybe. I mean, that's just what he yeah. how he operates to try and get an asset for something. I mean, the guy... Ch- Listen, for anybody out there listening, okay, that says, oh, come on, guys, they're not going to get anything for Boogie Basham. Brandon Bean got something for Russell Bodine. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, mean, come on. What are we doing here? I mean, he's done it. The one time it, you know, 
excuse my Wyatt language, Teller. bit him in the ass was Wyatt yep. Teller. That was sure. the one that that was the one that did not work out. The ones that have Cody Forge, you went and got a draft pick for Russell Bodine, like you said. Uh, Daryl Johnson was that his name? Yeah, bam, yep. Okay, is Daryl Johnson also the really good player from Lewport, Lewiston? Is that his name? No, Who's, that's Moose, who played. He's my age, dude, and older than me. What's his name? Okay, Daryl Johnston. Jer- Daryl Johnston with a T, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, that's yes. yes. But that, but yes, the guy you're thinking of, right? He was Daryl Johnson school. from yes, the edge rusher who was on the Bills a couple of years ago. Bam Johnson is yes. just. You know, let me make sure here that we're. We're doing it, but Bam Johnson. I don't think he had a T in his name. If I remember, by the way, we have the same birthday too. Uh, Bam Johnson is from, but it was to be in Johnson. Bam Johnston. I think they both have the the T in their name. But I have to make sure now because now you're getting everybody. Well, now we're getting everybody confused and everything. Sorry, everybody. He went to a weird school, didn't he? Daryl Johnson, the guy they traded. North UNC, UNC, I believe. Yeah, some. Yeah, North Carolina A and T, I believe it was. I'm pretty sure. Sorry, we um, took you down a rabbit hole. Carol here. Johnson, yes, without a T. Okay. okay. Sorry, Carol everybody. Johnson. Thank you That's for bearing with us. If you're yelling into your, you know, your whatever you're listening to right now, we apologize. So and then, and then wait there, and then Daryl Johnston with the T. Johnston High School. Yes. Okay, he's the one on Fox Sports who's a commentator now, who's yes. 57 years old. Okay. So, you know, the Bills did not get an asset for him like three years ago. No, they did not get an asset for him a couple of years ago. I do agree with your point about Leonard Floyd. I think it's a really good addition for the Bills. I think that now you have the versatility of having him, Von Miller, and Greg Rousseau. I don't want to write off anybody else there, but it makes all of those other guys a little less leaned upon. So if that's Shaq Lawson, if that's AJ Epinesa or Boogie Basham, am I forgetting any prominent edge rushers? Oh, uh, Kingsley Jonathan because they liked him at the end of last year. There's a chance that he carves out a role on this team. So I like the Leonard Floyd move. I think he's going to play a big impact. My last. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, you want me to go with one and then you can go with your last one. We'll do that. You know, and then, go ahead. Uh, cause yeah, you, go you've ahead. gone twice. So I felt bad that you had to go twice and, you know, spoil, spoil your surprise. All right. So, I mean, we're all going to be watching middle linebacker, right? Yes. Who's going to win the job, but there's one guy there. I'm, I'm more intrigued about. And that's Terrell Bernard because he's been here for a year mm-hmm. and he had a really good preseason last year. And I thought he was really going to fight a little bit to try and push for some, you know, not playing time, I guess, but just to kind of be like, okay, this guy's itching. And, you know, you'd feel better about like if Tremaine Edmonds left, which ultimately did happen. But now we're going, mm, I don't know if Terrell Bernard can do it. Um, he, he played one game. He started for Matt Milano, not Tremaine Edmonds. Didn't go so well, but he played Will, not Mike in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be watching Terrell Bernard. Now I'll be watching that spot. But he's the guy I'm kind of zeroing in on. I don't need to watch Tyrell Dodson. I know what Tyrell Dodson brings. I've watched him a lot. He's played a lot. And honestly, Dorian Williams is a really intriguing guy. I just think he's a rookie, and I've just been the one to say, I think it might be a little too much for him. So to me, Terrell Bernard, I think this is like a guy that has a really, really strong opportunity here. He's been in the system for a year. And I will tell you, even Tyrell Dodson, who competes with him, told me, Last year during training camp, how good Terrell Bernard is, and how good he thinks he can be in the NFL. Right now, who would be the betting favorite? If you could bet on this, who would it be? Tyrell Dodson? Wow, that's a good question. I bet you Bernard would be the betting favorite. Wow. But it would be close. Dodson, maybe maybe Dodson would simply because he's now, been around look, a little bit longer. I think, I think, I'll say this. 
I think when we get out there on Wednesday, Tyrell Dodson lines up and takes the first rep. I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. Also, can we one sec for everybody who's listening here, the way the rules are written, we can tell you, we think that he will be taking the first snap with the first team defense. We cannot report who is doing those. We cannot report that. Osiris Torrance is lining up next to Mitch Morse on the first team offensive line. We can't do that. So we apologize. It's not something we're choosing. That's just the way the rules are written. The Bills think that that protects the internal secrets of who might be playing and who might not be playing. So I just want to clarify that if you listen to the next episode of the podcast and we're talking about players who have looked good, we can't necessarily tell you they've looked good against player X, Y, and Z. We can tell you they've looked good and have made nice plays and have making it, making an impact, but we can't say, oh, um, Deontay Hardy absolutely burned Kyir Elam during seven on sevens or something like that. So if you're there watching, you can take down the notes yourself, but we unfortunately are not able to report that information. My right. last player. And then we're going to get a lot of people saying, why can't you guys, what, why don't you guys tell us what's going on? Aren't you watching practice? Yes, we are. We just can't, we don't want to have our credentials revoked. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all in the same boat here. I also want to point out one other thing before you get to your last guy. Yeah. You hear us say the names. Tyrell Dodson, Terrell Bernard. Just yes. to clarify for anybody who wants pronunciations. My last player is Taylor Rapp. Another new addition, another new addition to this team. Not a Tyrell or a Terrell, but a Taylor. A Taylor. So we were close. Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde are the starting safeties for the Buffalo Bills. They just are. But Taylor Rapp has played a lot of games in this league and was thought to be a pretty sought after free agent. I thought he made sense for the Bills if Jordan Poyer walked. Jordan Mm -hmm. Poyer didn't walk, but they still ended up signing Taylor Rapp. To me, that reads like a move for a guy who you think is going to be on the field. I think the Bills sign Taylor Rapp because they want him to have an impact immediately. And I think Taylor Rapp signs with the Bills because he thinks there's a way for him to get on the field. I don't exactly know what they're going to do. I don't exactly know how they're going to do it. But I think with Sean McDermott now calling the shots on defense, I think maybe they get a little bit more creative and show us some personnel packages that we have not seen them use a lot of this year. And I think Taylor Rep, if you're talking about like your 11 starters on defense, let's say who's the next man up, who's the next guy off the bench, like a basketball term, I think it might be Taylor Rep for the Bills. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised how much he plays this year. I yep. also think that gives them a little bit of versatility in the future if they want to move on from Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer. Jordan Poyer signed a two-year contract, right? It was a two-year extension? Yes. Okay, and Micah Hyde has one year left on his yes. current deal. So Taylor Rapp, it's a short-term contract, but I wonder if that's one of those things where it's like, hey, come get your foot in the door. We think we like your skill set. We think we're going to like how you project on this team long-term, and then we're going to keep you around and you can play on a defense that's got a bunch of talent in front of you. So for me, Taylor Rapp is somebody who I'm very interested in this offseason. I like it a lot. I agree with you. In fact, when we were going back and forth on people to watch, I was going to cheat and say one of mine is Sean McDermott only because I want to watch how this defense looks and all the different things he's going to bring to this defense, because I agree with you. And I wonder what that means in the nickel cornerback position. Not that, not that Taron Johnson wouldn't be the nickel corner, but I wonder if they maybe go and replace that with a safety more often, a third linebacker more often, a little bit more of a matchup situation. The bills are a very, very heavy nickel team pretty much more than any team in the league over the last several years. Maybe that changes a little bit this year. I don't know. Remains to be seen. 
and we'll see how it all works out, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. You want to answer some questions? Let's do it. 